Here's a message from today's episode's sponsor. Pharmacists need to operate at the top of their license. Is that a challenge or goal your specialty pharmacy is committed to? Providing pharmacists with the data to support patients in a timely manner that improves adherence and persistence is a core service of Spencer Health Solutions. Spencer, our in-home medication management smart hub, provides patients with a simple solution to medication management and ongoing engagement. Our partner pharmacies receive patient data in near real time to support their clinical outreach, including telehealth access. If your specialty pharmacy group is ready to learn about available programs utilizing Spencer to serve patients in clinical trials or commercial pharma programs, visit spencerhealthsolutions.com forward slash partners and connect with us. Spencer Health Solutions, the future of patient engagement from the home. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Friday. What do you guys say out there? Welcome to This Week in Pharmacy. I am the founder and uh, CEO of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm going to change my glasses. You guys remember uh, Mr. Rogers? I do. I grew up with Mr. Rogers. He was a staple in my house. Out of Pittsburgh. Go Pittsburgh. Anyway, when he came into the show, he always changed his coat, like his little sweaters, and he changed his uh, shoes. Well, guess what? My Mr. Rogers version is changing my glasses. Because I love sunglasses because I think as I've gotten older, I feel like my eyes have become more sensitive to light. And I love wearing sunglasses everywhere. But might look a little strange on um, on this week in pharmacy with sunglasses because I want to see you. I want to talk with you. I want to engage with you. If you're piping in live from um, any number of um, sources. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to uh, engage with you as well. And, um, you know, talk pharmacy, talk the business of pharmacy. So <clears throat> I have um, I have a, a multitude of things that I'd like to start off talking with. Um, first of all, I want to say that it is an honor to have uh, clients that are doing amazing things in healthcare. Um, Cardinal Health, a shout out to Cardinal Health. Today's episode is brought to you by Cardinal Health. They have a podcast called Counter Talk, and, um, and they are um, a huge supporter of community pharmacy specifically. And it's, it's, just a, it's just wonderful to work with customers and clients that get things. And we're going to be talking about point of care testing today, but I have some things to go through with you first. Um, and we're going to, we're going to get to that. But I also want to just let you know that Pharmacy Podcast Network is, is around and about, not only in social media. Um, and, and I want to encourage you, if you have questions, if you have things that are bothering you about the pharmacy profession, suggestions of making things better, even if it's clinical treatment, please let us know. Um, but I, I, think, I think it's important to understand what our audience is 
um, explaining uh, everything that we can and um, and getting feedback from you. So that I much very much appreciate um, and am excited that we get to do this. Uh, this podcast has meant a lot to me. This is kind of our first podcast about um, about everything. It's kind of like our catch-all show per se. And it's it's been it's been a thrill to see this grow, the popularity of it, um, and and seeing how it's it's bringing other subjects and expert experts together, and that in and of itself is is exciting for us to be talking with um, with people that that know that innovation and change is necessary in order to move us forward. Hey, I want to talk to you about, uh, very proud that the Pharmacy Podcast Network is a media partner for the APHA, the American Pharmacists Association. We are joining, we are rising together in the face of adversity, advancing pharmacists as, um, as primary um, care providers and um, working with primary care providers to lead uh, treatment and the voice of pharmacy there in Arizona on March 24th to 27th. Um, please plan to attend as well as come visit us. Uh, we will be embedded in the APHA's uh, booth. And with that is going to usher in other superstars of our pharmacy profession. Um, we're going to have the founder of Pizza Is Not Working. Um, she is one of the 50 most influential pharmacists in our nation Dr. Bled Tanoe, um, who founded uh, Pizza Is Not Working, which is an effort and an organization coming together to change our work um, staffing that what, what pharmacists are going through in, in big national chains. And also um, her right hand, Dr. Candice Alusa, who is also the host of the Pizza Is Not Working podcast, which is part of our network, which we're so proud of. And don't miss a photo opportunity with Dr. Shane Jeromonsky, Jeraminsky, Jeromininsky, Shane, just Dr. Shane. All right. The accidental pharmacist. If you don't follow the accidental pharmacist, I get laughs out of him every day. We need laughter in our profession with the stress that we're under. Uh, he is a community pharmacist. He is an advocate for change. He's very powerful on social media. We're going to be excited to be working with him as well. Another person, another organization I want to give a shout out to is Happier at Home, how they are helping uh, community pharmacies leverage home care services and uh, different things that can be pulled through that, including who, which, which is today's theme, including point of care testing and how the expansion of point of care testing is really going to set some new levels of quality and collection of data and the way that pharmacists can dig deeper into treatments and treatment changes and modalities and sharing information with um, primary care nurses and specialists. But, but first, uh, let's get into the news. We have some news to go over today. So um, first, I want to talk about, um, I really want to talk about what this kind of gets me uh, going, and that is... Um, um, a, a recent post, a recent um, uh, article came out about um, 
Oh my goodness. About Royal Pharmacy and the attack on Royal Pharmacy and the the inability um, to uh, work as a pharmacist in a community and feel like you're um, you're not going to get your job and your livelihood sucked up right under from underneath you because your your patients, the people in your communities, are being now forced to go to um, big chain drugstores based on PBM contracts. Um, let's listen in to the to the news clip. Narcan is a drug used to reverse opioid overdoses and could soon be sold over the counter. A committee of advisors to the Food and Drug Administration this week voted unanimously in favor of making Narcan, a nasal spray version of the generic drug naloxone, available without a prescription. The FDA is weighing the move after fast-tracking an application from Emergent Biosolutions, the maker of Narcan, to let it sell the drug over the counter. The medication is a key tool in preventing opioid-related overdose deaths, which have climbed in recent years, due in large part to the spread of fentanyl. More than 80,000 people died of overdoses involving opioids in 2021, a historic high, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. All right, so um, following up, we're hitting um, two strikes. Uh, we were talking about um, the rural area and the rural uh, land of, of community pharmacies being attacked, but we jumped to our second story, which was about Narcan and how Narcan is going to be offered over the counter. We're probably going to get uh, complete FDA and FTC, as well as oversight for Medicaid and Medicare oversight and what's being paid for. But I want pharmacists to realize in each of your states, you need to go to your state association and make sure that the, the pharmacists have their arms and hands around Narcan and um, the follow-up treatment that has to take place. If a patient's been Narcan, if someone's been Narcan, guess what? It's time to get them into additional, um, additional care. And what we're actually going to do an episode on this. We have a new episode, a new pharmacy um, topic coming out called Opioid RX. And we're already collecting interviews, probably about nine different uh, topics, nine different episodes. But uh, be on the lookout for how uh, opioid use uh, disorder treatment is going, to be, is going to weigh heavily on our pharmacists throughout the nation. Next, uh, let's listen into a clip about mitigating the effects of ongoing drug shortages. Pharmacy Times reports that drug shortages have plagued the healthcare system over recent decades and continue to impact patient care, safety, healthcare costs, and the medical workforce. Shortages affect not only hospitals and health systems and their ability to treat patients, but also the manufacturers, distributors, and wholesalers of the supply chain, which provide the medications and materials necessary for patient care. Hospitals, health systems, and the supply chain are all negatively impacted by drug shortages and are each affected by the decisions of the others. So part of the article was talking about in 2023, they say they're expecting additional shortages and warnings depending on specific ingredients that aren't available for the manufacturing of these medications. So who better to kind of give us feedback into what's really happening in um in in with shortages than than pharmacists so please communicate with your state um your state associations and um also your wholesalers um you know today i'm excited because we're going to be talking about the expansion of of point of care testing and when we come back we're going to have um pock talk uh podcast host with us 
uh, Dr. Kristen Talent. So um, we'll be right back. Welcome to This Week in Pharmacy, Dr. Kristen Talent, host of Pock Talk Podcast, and um, a maven, an entrepreneur out there doing things specifically around care testing. I am thrilled to have you here, uh, Kristen. And if, to, if you feel like making any mistakes, today is the day to do it because we are tripping all over ourselves here at the Pharmacy Podcast Network and This Week in Pharmacy. So go right ahead, drop something, uh, have a cat. <laughs> a dog bark, something that you can kind of join us in our mistakes. You know, I, I can't do it right on spot like that, but I'm sure I will show up for you, Todd. I won't leave you alone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we, we invest in this camera system that gives us the ability. I'm afraid to press a button that's going to freeze up, but it's supposed to be able to pan everywhere and do everything, and it's not working. So we're going we're gonna to chuck it, and we're going to probably be investing in something else um, because I can't stand when technology doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's very frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So you and I met at a conference. I think it was the Diversify RX 2022 conference. And then we met back up at 2023, which just happened in Orlando, Florida. It was kind of like a pickup conference from an enormous marketing group out there that um, collapsed. And community pharmacists and vendors were wondering what was going to happen because it was a major um, event. And then uh, Dr. Lisa Fast puts this together. Um, the Profit Summit Live in Orlando. I was just on fire to be there. It was so good to see you there. But um, just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and your mission to expand point of care testing. Oh, thank you, Todd. It's great to be here. Yeah, that that event was awesome. So was the one in uh, August of 22. And I'm looking forward to the upcoming one here at the end of the summer this year. Um, but I'm Dr. Kristen Talent. I believe that point of care testing is the future of pharmacy and that we need to grab hold of it and own it and just really hit the ground running. It's I'm kind of equating it to the immunizations of maybe a decade or so ago. So if uh, if you're looking to do point of care testing, uh, Pock Talk is a great place to get some information but and some other resources, but I'm a huge advocate for point of care testing. You're also a member of the RPH Ally group that has been put together um, by a multitude of passionate pharmacists really trying to transform our, um, our profession by coming together as, as B2B professional to professional healthcare providers to healthcare providers in the realm of pharmacy professionalism. And you've started developing some content with Sean and Kevin and their team can you share about um, a little bit about uh, your representation of point of care testing within the RPH Ally Initiative too? 
Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I love what they're doing at RPH Ally and I'm blessed to be a part of it. But it's really just like you already said, bringing those these healthcare professionals into the, the same space so that we can really start to serve our colleagues in these different areas of clinical services and pharmacy in the pharmacy industry in general. And so what I do there is, again, just really help other pharmacists implement and run successful point of care testing programs, whatever that might look like, whether that's a mobile lab or inside an independent pharmacy or some other type of situation, maybe you're partnering up with a functional medicine clinic, the options are truly endless. And so the RPH Ally um, initiative is to really help pharmacists get into the space and make it work for them so that they can love their careers again. And it's more than that too, because um, RPH Ally is bringing together people that are focused on pharmacogenomics, people that are focused on marketing your business, um, the legalities of starting an LLC, the financial side of running a business. So it's a really amazing collective that if you are entrepreneurial, even if you're not entrepreneurial, it, there's something for you at the R. If you're a pharmacist in general, there's something for you at RPH Ally. I want everyone to look that up. RPH Ally. Um, just Google that and it'll come right up. And we we have them on our podcast shows. We have them in, involved in, in being... Um, sources of information for what is innovation in pharmacy care, point of care testing in community pharmacy, number one, which I think is going to drive a lot of understanding, a lot of data collection, as well as um, using the trust factor between the community pharmacist and their patients in their community to say, hey, we have this available to you now so that you don't have to go to a health system or to a cold laboratory that you're not sure who they are. You trust your community pharmacist. That's layer one. That's kind of, I think, going to be some of our greatest successes. Layer number two is the consultant pharmacist. Uh, that's kind of where you started to becoming a consultant too in building your own consultant practice within your community and assuring that it's not just about the prescription. It's not just about the medications. It's also about the conditions of what you're suffering and how you're uh, managing a disease state or a condition and the data that's coming back from that point of care test and then following up with your primary care and physician can you and, and your pharmacist, I mean, uh, primary care and pharmacist. Can you kind of paint us a picture of how you would work the triangle, the, the primary care, the patient and the pharmacist with, with in regards to point of care testing data that comes back and then and then kind of like the 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 treatment that is that is then put into either place or changed or something and and what the pharmacist's role is Yes. So this is actually a great topic to talk about because a lot of times people feel like the water is very murky and I feel like it's pretty clear that we are everyone says it we're the most successful most accessible healthcare professional. And so patients are coming to us for information and for questions and for answers, and we can help facilitate that. So no, we're not diagnosing with these tests. What we're doing is helping facilitate care. And so by coming and being in my presence, being able to do a physical test and deliver results in typically less than a half hour, sometimes it's much, much shorter than that. In 10 minutes, people can, can have their results.
belts delivered supplement recommendation, or it's a um, a consult. It's paired with a consultation. But how the physician gets looped into that is by you having a conversation with the patient in front of you while you're explaining their results. That they need to then go ahead and take this information to their primary care doctor and have a conversation with them about it as well. So if you want to work with me on this end and do some um, more customized consultation so that we can work through your needs on a, a more one-to-one -one basis, then that service is there, but it's in a partnership with your primary care doctor, not in replacement of your primary care doctor. And then two, you know, sending those results right over from my facility directly to that doctor's office is something that we do as well. All right. So let's talk about making money at it and that we have to have that available to the community pharmacist, the consultant pharmacist in order to build a career out of this. And I'm thinking of ICD-10 codes, classifying what we're doing as providers in order to follow up with something or executing a test. Can you kind of touch on the, the payment side of this, of, of how, that, how that would work in a consultant realm as well as a community pharmacy realm? Yes. So the, the, Short answer is that we are pharmacists, so we can't do the full scope, obviously, that physicians are able to do, even outside of the diagnosing, but we're really limited when it comes to the laws and actually being able to bill insurance. And so um, with that like barrier in place, I'm a huge advocate for doing this as a cash-based service that patients are paying you out of pocket for this service because you're providing them a truly customized approach to meet their needs and quick results that nobody else can really offer them. So I'm a huge fan for cash, but but as a CLIA waived laboratory, which is what you typically are when you're offering point of care testing, you can then as a pharmacy register with Medicare Part B to go ahead and bill as a, those tests as a clinical laboratory. So you are able to actually get reimbursed for those tests. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. So if we were to take the top three or top five point of care tests of how it ties back to a condition that seems most prevalent throughout um, throughout the nation. What are those tests? Yeah, so we have our acute conditions, which are obvious. You know, COVID, flu, strep, RSV. Those are those are things we're seeing seasonally and kind of year round at this point. But the the year round opportunities that I see hitting those big conditions like heart disease and diabetes and high cholesterol. A1Cs, lipid panels, and glucose are, are point-of-care tests that you can do with the person right in front of you with a simple finger prick instead of actually having to go to a lab and get your blood drawn. So it's much different. I mean, it's a lot easier. Like, I would much rather have my finger pricked than go to a lab. What about you, Todd? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'd rather go to my community pharmacy to do that than go to a lab that like a Quest Diagnostics or something big. And I, I see the shift taking place when people realize that testing is available in my independent community pharmacy. I, I want to help the community by going to a, a privately owned pharmacy, but then I know that individual. My pharmacy is right across the street from our studios. It's Brownsville Family Pharmacy. If I knew I could go there for my testing, I'd rather go there because I know them. Desiree, she's my pharmacist. And, and then understanding that I trust her so that when we do the follow-up, it's with somebody that I already know. 
Yeah, exactly. And like you said, you're already comfortable there. You're familiar. We like to go black. We're humans. We like to go back to places that we feel comfortable. We already know where I walk in and where the where the checkout is. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't really like new. We don't have we don't like having to navigate that. So if we can go to this really comfy place that we already go to for other services, it's not going to stop there. Once you add another service, I'm going to be coming to you again for this other service that you've added. It's it's this really cool opportunity that point of care testing kind of opens up and is really simple to do in your workflow. You know, we're talking about community. We're talking about the consultant pharmacist. We could also be talking about specialty pharmacy and we could be talking about senior care pharmacy. And each of those sectors of pharmacy would deliver some new special tie-in to testing. So when I think of specialty, I think of rare diseases that impact a um, patient a very specific way and ancillary to the treatment, to the core treatment. If it's a blood disorder, if it's HIV, there's other things that could be happening that a pharmacist could, could be offering to the patient to be able to do testing for additional um, data that goes in the holistic side of what it is um, to be a patient suffering with that condition. Can you give me some examples where we have a core disease state or uh, core condition, but then ancillary tests that may surround that condition? Yeah, so we, um, I was actually just talking about this um, with somebody else, but they were asking me about like com um, a complete metabolic panel. Do we do things like can you can you do things like creatinine or BUN? Can you do other markers like white blood cell white blood cell counts and different things like that? And and the answer is really yes. Like the options are endless. Truly, it's just navigating how to actually do it and what companies to do it through. Because not everything is going to be a quote unquote point of care test yeah. where you're physically testing that person right in front of you. You you might have to you know maybe provide them with a kit that they can do at their house and they get their results back within a, a day or a couple days or so from from a lab that they've shipped out to but still you're you're still providing that access to care and the results and answers that they're looking for because the reality is that our, our systems really bogged down right now and I think pharmacists have the ability to kind of fill that void that patients are experiencing. Kristen, I'm excited about our next guest, special guest, and, and being able to really extend what we've been talking about. I met a team of technologists at the HLTH conference um, for 2022 um, through a partner of ours called uh, Fin Partners, and they introduced me to the IX Layer team. IX Layer is all about um, health testing and making it mobile, making it reachable, making it interconnected to communities and, and to people that want to know, can I get a test for some specific uh, condition or disease state? And uh, we have an opportunity to, um, to talk with and to, um, and to really collaborate in the future with the IX Layer team. I'd like to welcome uh, CEO of IX Layer, Poria Sine, um, to our, our discussion today. Hi, Todd. Hi, Kristen. Great to meet both of you. Hey. Hello. Good to meet you, too. Thank you for being here. I was so excited that you were able to do this, uh, Poria. And the reason is, is because Kristen and I want to empower pharmacists across the nation. 
We want to empower them in specialty rare diseases, community engagement, and uh, senior care engagement, and also our consultants. And I believe that IX Layer, based on what I know about you, is a perfect fit for that. So share with our listeners, what is IX Layer and how could you, in your um, interpretation, how could you work closely with pharmacists? Yeah, first of all, Todd, thanks for inviting us. And Kristen, I was sitting on the background and listening to you, and I'm, the first thing I was thinking, I need to get a meeting with this individual. She is speaking everything that I'm speaking about. Uh, I agree 100% with all everything that you said. Uh, we're a great fan of uh, really decoupling diagnostic testing uh, through a late-stage uh, uh, clinical protocol, bringing it more into a earlier stage, bringing it more into a pharmacy. Uh, our sort of perception is that uh, exactly like you said, right, the, uh, the pharmacist is the individual in the healthcare that you have more access to. The accessibility is huge. And as you also have a trust with them. So can we bring them more in the loop? Can we power them? And Todd, back to your question, IX layer is actually in the name, the I and the X stand for infrastructure and patient experience layer for diagnostic testing. We allow our uh, customers, which are consumer retailers, CVS is one of them, uh, which are payer providers and pharma to offer diagnostic testing under their own brand outside of or so you know cold lab uh, sample collection in their home in their facilities and so on what we've done is that we have integrated with over 42 different services to offer uh, self-collect in-home lab testing uh, within any uh, you know disease category whether it's diabetes oncology endocrinology etc and uh, the ones that we are most famous of is the, you know, the CVS test. If you go into CVS and you pick up a thyroid or STD test, uh, we're behind those products. And it's all consumerized, so it's easy for an individual to collect their sample, whether it is, and Kristen, you mentioned finger prick or micro container. There is also these micro needle for your back of the arm or whether it is fit or stool and so on. Uh, and then... The easiest way to think about this, and I think this, this sort of shapes the conversation as well, is in a patient journey, we believe that we divide it into three parts, preventive care, right, in-clinic care, which is sick care, and then post-care, chronic condition management. We offer great value in the preventive care and the post-care, uh, both for lab testing when you want to know upfront, is something going on? STD is a perfect example of. And post-care is, I need to be tested ongoing. For me personally, thyroid is a huge problem. I have to be tested once a quarter. It's a big mess. So that would be a perfect example of that. So I kind of want to set up a little volleyball game here. I'm, I love volleyball. And I'm short, so you wouldn't think I'd, I'd like it. I'm only five foot seven. But you know what I'm good at? I'm good at setting up the Christens, who are the rock star that can jam the ball down because I set it exactly in the right spot. And I think of the ball as the treatment plan and the treatment goals and the treatment overall. So what I want is I'm going to step away and I want Kristen and Poria to talk about how do we use the technology of IX Layer, infusing that technology with someone that Kristen trains and then that person, that pharmacist goes out to their community and literally executes any test under the banner of IX Layer's portfolio. 
and imagine the power of between IX layer and that consultant pharmacist group. So I, I've, I've set the ball. I'm going to set it for Kristen to kind of take over at that point and really discuss between each other. How do you, how do you expand and do that? Yeah. So, I mean, I can take, <laughs> I can take it right from there. I knew you were going to say that Todd, <laughs> that you, you were a good setter. I knew that was coming. Um, but I, I really see a huge need for this because like I said, we are, we're like the pharmacy profession is really shifting into this testing arena and using a company like IX layer to help facilitate that is huge. So, but we need the company, right. To help us facilitate that. So I, I would love to hear from you, Poria, what you think would be like, what are one of the, the top tests that you feel like would be really impactful and how would we kind of utilize that? Yeah. So, uh, I think, I mean, the absolute easiest one is A1C, right. It's a simple finger prick. It's, uh, by far one of the largest, uh, I have some cheering notes and stats that I bring, bring with me everywhere, actually. So if you think about A1C, you have 96 million, 38% of the population that are pre-diabetics. That it's, and what's really, really sad is that 23% of them don't know they are. So uh, diabetes testing, definitely a, a great uh, uh, opportunity. The other one is uh, STD testing is huge for uh, this is one of the most sold tests that we have based on our customers there are also uh, different type of uh, hormonal testing thyroid uh, and technology I, I give an example which i'm hoping that we're going to solve one day for myself selfishly if i need to go in and i need to so every quarter i need to go and see my doctor get a piece of paper go to lab corp and then get a lab result, go back to my doctor, just because I need my thyroid medication adjusted. This is a 48 hour process for me, a very busy individual. And in any other business, this would be called subscription, where I could potentially go directly to my pharmacies. They could potentially take my samples there, and then I could get my medication adjusted on the fly. There is no need for a three additional, two doctor visits and one lab visit. Can we solve that? Yes, we have the technology, but can we put this technology to the, in the hand of the right individuals to, to utilize it? I mean, I believe the answer to that question is yes, and it's with pharmacists because I, I also do functional medicine consultations, and the biggest thing I'm always talking about is thyroid, 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 and I keep hitting a wall with, um, with providers not wanting to order thyroid for thyroid levels for their patients for one reason or another. And that's completely fine. That's like, as a, as a practitioner, we have the freedom to say what we want, what we feel comfortable doing, what we don't feel comfortable doing, but also too, as the patient, doesn't the patient have the right to get answers to questions that, that they have. And so this, this seems like it facilitates that. What do you think about, what do you think about that? Definitely. I agree hundred percent. Uh, uh, especially in the cases where a patient needs ongoing lab testing, right? That they know, they're aware of their, their issue, especially where we're talking about, you know, this also improves the adherence and compliance. Uh, if I have to spend 48 hours every quarter, there are a huge chance, and I'm a victim of it, that I miss it, I skip it, I, don't, I can't be bothered, I stay on the same level. And that also affects, you know, both adherence and compliance for that medication. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And then also to spin it the other way, that 23% of people who don't know they're pre-diabetic, that could be a huge avenue for us to help with actual prevention of disease. Diabetes is entirely preventable. Well, type 2 diabetes is entirely preventable. And so we could really hit um, that those people and start not only giving them answers to maybe questions that their doctors might not be willing to order for them for one reason or another, but also start to have uh, conversations about things that they actually can do to take control of their health and lead more down a path of prevention rather than disease, which is kind of where they're going already. Exactly. And then if we're just continue down the prevention path, uh, many of the other tests that uh, we offer and we do good volumes of it is, for example, FIT this week, right? Colorectal cancer, uh, liver, ALT, ASAT, heart diseases, kidney, EGFR, UACR, and so on. These are all uh, preventive tests that we can do to reduce some of these numbers, these this crazy stats out there. That's incredible. Like you just said about the colorectal screening because a lot of patients don't do that they they don't they don't want to go into the the um, office number one number two there's a huge obstacle with health insurance at this point you have to go to your primary to get the referral to see the specialist you have to have an appointment like you see where i'm going there's step after step after step after step that you have to navigate and that's really time consuming it it's heavy on the resource end and you guys correct me if i'm wrong you have a solution for that Correct. We have a solution for that. Uh, we do it under the brand of our customers, uh, of our, in this case, of the pharmacist. And our solution is, in the end of the day, a tool which is only valuable if right people use it. Uh, and that is number one reason why we asked Todd, Todd, we need to be on your podcast because people need to hear about this and they need to use it. Uh, otherwise, it would be a tool in a toolbox. Exactly. And and also, too, but using that tool that you guys have, isn't that like another game of volleyball? We're like getting the results for the patients and for the provider and setting it up. Right. We're giving it back to the doctor like, hey, look, this is these are the results that we found. And we we think you need to have a conversation with with the patient or to the patient. We think you need to go see your physician. So cool. I, uh, I want to chime in and just talk about the physician. So physicians are the quarterbacks. They're the ones that are commanding the plays and really starting the play for treatment. And it's up to the them to kind of start the, the play and start the treatment. So if the pitch is to the, is to the wide receiver or to the running back or to someone making an adjustment, all the barriers of running the treatment to go, payment, uh, prior authorizations, um, you know, other conditions, um, comorbidity, all of this thing coming at the, the pharmacist and the providers working together. I want to give a shout out to physicians. Number one, you're amazing what you do, how hard you work. Pharmacists don't want to be primary care. We want to stay in our lanes, okay? <laughs> but the lanes of pharmacy are not utilized as they should be from what they what you were schooled to go to how you understand pharmacology how you understand transitions of care titrations of care pharmacogenomics there's so much happening that the 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 primary care is so overwhelmed please pitch the ball for goodness sakes 
to a pharmacist and allow the pharmacist to run with it and also allow the pharmacist to execute on testing in order to get data back to primary care so that the primary care for the next play and getting that goal to that treatment to goal the next play now they can make the adjustments with all this data that they extracted from the pharmacist and the testing teams in order to make that next decision and i'm not just making this up because i'm an economist I, i'm a capitalist i'm a i'm not an insane capitalist like some of our pbms which they're greedy driven i'm a capitalist for the from the perspective of if there's opportunity to empower a consultant a a community pharmacy uh, someone like Poria and his IX layer team, I want to see you be successful. And I'm not talking about anything data. Two days ago, this report came out from Global Newswire that said point of care diagnostics market size is going to be 85.8 uh, billion by 2032. That means that there is an opportunity right now to plant your seeds as a consultant pharmacist, as a pharmacist that wants to dig in to the clinical side of extending pharmacy care as soon as the treatment plan is given to you by the by the physician and then getting that data back to the next decision maker whether that's the patient pharmacist the patient physician the patient physician pharmacist the specialist the nurse practitioner whatever it is ix layer is empowering all of those players with this, with these test kits, and that that gets me jazzed up because I see in the hands, Kristen, of your pharmacist that you're training right now to implement point of care testing, either as a consultant, someone that is in community pharmacy, someone who is a specialty disease state pharmacist, or someone who might be in senior care. You are now empowering them to execute and to use the tools that the IX Layer team are uh, giving to you. Yeah, definitely. And it allows for a lot more flexibility, too, because sometimes, depending on what state you're located in, you can't do physical point of care tests. So this really allows for expansion of services, really, to so that you can offer testing um, in an easy way. Uh, you can put your your logo goes right on it, right? I mean, Correct. the br yeah. the branding is branding piece is incredible and it just really allows for that kind of that transition to to getting paid for our knowledge that we're we're all kind of looking for as pharmacists and i love what you said todd about uh about physicians and how we don't i, I want to repeat what you said pharmacists do not want to replace right. the physician at all we want to take our training of managing disease states and hopefully reversing them to um, to allow for the space that the physicians should have and unfortunately don't right now to actually do the things that they went to school to do, that they became a physician to do and getting bogged down with the minutiae of some of this, this basic triaging based on test results is something that pharmacists are fully capable of doing, like I said, to free up the space of the physician. Yeah, and I think physician fatigue is a is a very well known thing. Can we keep the healthy individual outside of the physician's office, and can we focus a little bit of the preventive care with them through the pharmacist? And then, in case they have an abnormal result on the lab test, can we at that point of time send them into for additional care? 
there is a there is a one of the CVS boxes. Uh, the terminology that we use is called symptom to treatment in a box, uh, which uh, which I like a lot. Where let's say you have an abnormal symptom, you feel like uh, something is not right, especially with STD or you have a risk. You can go now and pick up uh, one of these kits. You can do an in-home lab collection. And then you can have a telehealth session to the one of our telehealth doctor. And then there is an Rx prescription to the pharmacist. So that telehealth session that's happening with the physician today uh, could live with the pharmacist uh, and does actually do that in some of the states. We have a comment from one of our viewers right now that says team-based care is the goal. And that's what Pharmacy Podcast Network has stood for from the very beginning. That's why we're invested in partnerships like with ConveyMed, which teaches pharmacists and physicians to work together and the education provided for continuing education through podcasting. And it's always collaborative because we know what pharmacists' strengths are and we know what pharmacists don't want to do. And to echo it again for a third time on the show, Kristen, it, it's not to be physicians, it's to be pharmacists because they're incredible and they're underutilized and there could be so much more that could come from them. And point of care testing, uh, Poria, is is really, as Kristen said at, at the beginning of her opening, it's a it's the future of what pharmacists are going to do. Automation, artificial intelligence, technology, digital therapeutics, that's going to be one of our episodes. I can't wait to talk with pair therapeutics and, and other um, providers of and developers of of prescriptions that are technology-based apps, which is so exciting. But this is this is not just about the prescription anymore. It's not the prescription. Any, it, it, there's going to be so much automation to take over some of that, that the pharmacist is now going to have the opportunity to truly dig into what data came from the point of care test. And now based on that data, what changes in care, adjustments in care, ancillary additives to care. When we talk about HIV, Kristen, we're also talking about hep C. And if, if you have HIV and you don't have hep C, that's a different environment than if you do. Then all of a sudden we add on hypertension or we add on uh, cold sores or we add on something else. And sure, certainly that enters in the element of customized precision care for our patients. Point of care testing has to be there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It really provides a space for patients to get what they need in the fastest possible way. And then the ability to have that conversation, like I said earlier, for triage and, and pharmacists know exactly where to send people and how to direct. We do it all day, every day without even thinking about it. It's like second nature. So I'm really excited about the testing. I'm sure you're surprised. <laughs> Toria, share with us kind of the process. How does a pharmacist get in, in kind of plugged in and understand the specific test they want and then what happens? They get the patient to take the test or the patient takes the test themselves and then tell us a little bit about what, what happens within that process starting. Yeah, so we have different programs supporting different needs. Uh, as I say, we do pharmacy retailer, we do payer providers, and we do pharma, which a lot of it is decentralized clinical trials. Uh, when we set up a program, we loop in uh, CLIA Kappa certified lab based on the geolocation of that pharmacist. 
uh, we provide them with sample collection devices and kits. These could be in the office collection. It could be in the home collection, in the home self collection. Uh, there is a really nice patient experience. There are videos that shows them how to do a finger prick, how to collect a stool or saliva, etc. If uh, if you ever done a COVID test, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And we've been doing it far before COVID started actually within genomics and carrier screening and pharmacogenomics. And then the result comes back to the ordering provider in, this, in some of the states that is the pharmacist. And with that, depending on the results, it could be a consultation session. It could be that you send them to their physician, to their own provider. It should also be that, hey, no, there's nothing. Everything is great. And you can continue with that. We power that solution exactly based on the clinical protocol that the pharmacist needs. We check all of the boxes uh, and we utilize a network of 42 different services to be able to do that. It takes us eight weeks to get our organization up and running. And after that, they have a long list of tests uh, to their access and they can do it in the pharmacy or uh, self-collecting the home as well. Let's talk about integrations and APIs. In the world of, that's where I came from. It came from the pharmacy management software side of our industry. And when I entered, there was no such thing as APIs between pharmacy management systems and EHR systems, uh, big ones, like even like Epic or something. Today, that's different with the protocols changing, um, with NCPDP really writing protocols for information exchange. And then the advent of FHIR, which is the entrance into accelerating data from one system to the next. How is IX Layer? integrated either into the pharmacy systems or the EHR systems so that data is 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 put into the patient's record. Yeah, so this has been a, like an important aspect for us. We support uh, APIs, REST API, we support HL7, we support FHIR to be able to check the boxes for all the different protocols. We also provide uh, or what's called a single sign-on so that if you do not have the tech uh, capabilities of integrating and setting that up, if that takes time, you can easily utilize our admin portal without needing to create another account, another experience. On the other end, we provide patient experience portal under your own brand. So iXlayer is never visible anywhere. We're truly a SaaS technology platform where the patients can get their results. The patient gets educational content for each uh, panel and biomarker. And we also show the history of results in charts so that I can see how my values be moving into the right direction or wrong direction to trigger additional care if it is moving to the right direction. Maybe I should just change lifestyle and that's a good start. It's very easy to set up, it's ready to go uh, for you. Uh, and again, it takes us eight weeks to launch a new customer. Kristen, when you're listening to this and the opportunities at hand, if you were the one, the orchestra, the the maestro per se, to kind of put this together for a pharmacist that really wanted to move forward with full full portfolio point of care testing, what would you advise of how it would work? Because is it the patient that is going out there and ordering the test themselves because they're curious? Is it the physician that's executing the test? Or is it the pharmacist who's moving along with the patient 
in their treatment and they say, hey, wait a second, we don't have enough data around your XYZ condition. So I want to take, I want to get more data based on an, on a, an additional test. Kind of use your imagination to, and it doesn't have to be exact. It's just trying to like fold this in of how does this from an ecosystem fold into a consultant pharmacist and their, and their patient engagement? I think it could be all of those, but I know from working with enough people that that's not realistic. So where I would start is asking questions about the dynamic of the business that they're working in already, whether they're a consultant or do they have an independent pharmacy? What's that dynamic look like? What's the support staff situation look like? Um, we would do an, a market analysis. What's the surrounding competition doing? Is there any competition? Um, and then also, too, what are you interested in providing to your community? Because we can't just say, oh, okay, we have 50 tests. Please buy one. Like yep. it, that, that message gets lost. So then it's, uh, I like to, I like to bring people back to a core set of things, maybe even just one. I think with something like this, we probably could pick a handful, but let's pick one test and let's just start talking to your community about it. Especially if you're not doing any testing at all, we need to start getting the message out there that you can, you're offering these additional services. And the clearest way to get a message out there is to talk about one product. And then it just starts to slowly evolve from there. So it could be a grassroots thing where you're in a physical brick and mortar location and just having conversations with the patients that are walking in. Or, but, but what I like to do is I like to do that because that's easy and quick, right? You can start that right now, but then build up your e-commerce platform so that people can just purchase whatever they want to, whenever they want to. I think the options are truly endless, but that's just a real quick dump of kind of what my approach would be. Did and I miss? Did I miss no, anything? No, I think you 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 actually nailed it. I agree hundred percent. And if if you thought if you look at it from the patient's angle, I think it has to do where patient is in its patient journey, right? If you are within the preventive care, what internally we call pre-patient, this could be an STD, this could be women's health, women's fertility, then maybe going and buying a test yourself is a good way. If you are battling a chronic condition when you need ongoing testing, this is initially physician ordered, but I don't want to go back to my physician every quarter just because I want to adjust my medication. Then it lives on us. So I think all of the above, I, I want to echo what Kristen said, and again, depending on where the patient is, so a pharmacist could start focusing on specific path of or specific category of the patient journey, uh, if that makes sense. It does. And I also want to make um, reference, um, Poria, we'll be following up with your business development and marketing teams to get you introduced to pharmacy buying groups that have the audience of um, 1,000 to 5,000 members that really take their buying group as a source of education, as well as Kristen's um, profession of this new faith in pharmacists and what pharmacists are doing in their communities as consultants, as community pharmacists. And that's why I want to bring up this next thing. <clears throat> COVID-19 and antibody testing, employee health screening. This is an opportunity for community pharmacies to engage and partner with Kristen and IX Layer to deliver an entire system to go into small employers within your community or even large employers, God bless you, uh, large employers to actually set up 
consultation that goes far beyond just testing. You come in and you say, hey, we're going to help drive down the cost of your employee um, benefits, healthcare benefits, because we're going to really pay attention to um, diabetes. We're going to pay attention to hypertension. We're going to pay attention to the stresses in the psychotropic world, mental health and behavioral health, and pharmacists are going to get their arms around it and then plug in the IX layer solutions to saying we have an entire entire systems ready to do employee health screening. So it's it becomes part of an employer's offering to their employees to say, hey, we can execute this on on a large scale based on that consultant pharmacist that shows up. Whether you're a community pharmacy or you're a consultant pharmacist within a community, you have an opportunity to take this not on the one-to-one. One-to-one is important. Obviously, you have to give the attention to the individual patient. But this might be the one to 200. If there's 200 employees at a small uh, business within your community, the average employee is 2.33. So if I say 200 employees, that's actually um, over 700 lives that you could impact on average. And if you're starting with 50, just do the math. 50 times 2.33 would tell you how many lives you probably have interconnected to that one individual. So start thinking that way. And Kristen, are you doing anything to coach pharmacists to engage employers within their community around point of care testing? Yeah, so we're we're getting into that. Absolutely. I will tell you that it, it's newer. It's a newer space that I'm getting involved in. I like to be fully transparent, but I I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's an enormous opportunity for impacting a much larger population. And also to these these um these smaller business, I say small businesses, but these are typically businesses that have 50, 100, 500 plus employees. They, this is extremely financially beneficial for them to do for a multitude of different reasons that I'm not going to get into right now. But, um, but yes, to answer your question, it's something that we're really starting to get into because we we're seeing that this is where uh, consumer healthcare is kind of going. Oria, can you speak to the programs that you're putting in place to empower providers to execute in, uh, testing for uh, small employers and communities? Yeah, so we have had over 1,100 programs supporting employers uh, for uh, employee testing, uh, employee well-being. And it's easy to set it up uh, regardless of the size of that. Uh, we have out-of-the-box solutions, so it's, it's very easy and very fast to set it up. And in some of those cases, it combines with add-on testing. So you start with one and you can do multiple testing. But it is a segment of the market that we have a big focus on. And I think uh, it is an important one. Uh, it's a really important one. Uh, there is not many organizations that focuses on the preventive care. I'm going to use another word again what we internally call pre-patient. We have a goal and a vision internally, and we came up with this terminology. If you're an individual and you're not sick, you're an employer in this case, and you are a pre-patient, if you are a pre-patient, you will get sick at some point. Our goal, and I think employer's goal, is that Mm -hmm. to keep you as pre-patient as long as possible. How can you do that? Screening and testing is a huge part of that. Yep. Listen. We're out of time. Um, I'm actually over time, but I don't care because this was important enough to talk with both of you about. 
I want this to become a solid golden bridge between Kristen and IX Layer and Pharmacy Podcast Network. We have so much we could be doing. I'd like to interject you into conversations that are going to be having at the APHA, the American Pharmacists Association. That's a live event that's going to be happening on the 24th of March, and we're going to be there as a media partner. Uh, Kristen is already part of the inner circle, um, Poria, so she she should really become a conduit to all things pharmacy for, for you and your team. We love you and believe in you because uh, Finn Partners, my uh, sister organization and big brother organization who loves me and took me under their wing, uh, introduced us. So shout out to Finn Partners. Thank you so much for the introduction to Poria and your amazing team. But this is just the start for our organizations to be working together. I like to say together RX. <laughs> that sounds great. It does. It sounds wonderful. All right. Well, we'll see both of you soon. Um, I have some notes to give up and in, in, in moving forward, but thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank Pleasure. you very much. Yes. It was great meeting you. All right. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about next week's um, this week in pharmacy. I'm really excited about this. Um, we have um, one of the 50 most influential people in pharmacy joining us, Dr. Chris Antipas, PharmD, pharmacist, founder of Paragon 360. That's a revolutionary pharmacy care team focused on um, uh, specific, very serious disease states fused with technology. One of those technologies is Spencer Health. I can't wait to talk to you about this. They actually made the news and their partnership between Paragon Health and Spencer Health. And also a pharmacy owner and one of Pittsburgh's fastest growing companies um, is Acor RX CEO and founder, Dr. Sean Naren. He reminds me of Joe Rogan in some ways. He reminds me of a MMA fighter, but if he's not going to fight me because that wouldn't even be a fight, he'd probably just like flinch and I'd fall down. But I want to say a shout out to pharmacists, pharmacy technicians. You got to be part of this um, pharmacy podcast. If you're not already subscribed, if you don't, uh, if you can't return, uh, obviously we're streaming um, after this is recorded on YouTube as well as any of your podcast players. We're powered by Podbean. A shout out to Podbean. You guys are awesome and how you support us and growth with us. We're going to be doing a lot more with you in 2023. A shout out to my favorite providers, pharmacists and our pharmacy technicians, the right hand of pharmacists. If there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. And uh, that's it for this week in pharmacy. Thank you.